Hey. I guess we're here. I was expecting a countdown. Dang. Well, guess we ain't getting one. Jay's, I think Jay's got to add that real quick. Wait, can we? Can well, we... We're here. <laughs> here we are. Screw it. I, listen, technical difficulties is not my fault. Big J, Maz, the worst technical, technical producer, producer I've ever seen in the last 10 years. Man. I call something. I, I tell him FaceTime me because he doesn't know how to start the thing. He FaceTimes me. Missed it. Dude, everything There's a big else. blue button in the top right corner that says this record. says record. <laughs> and he doesn't know how to start this. Is thing. on the left side. I wasn't even looking top right, but whatever. And the famous words of my man Big J, we back. I am your host for the night, Brandon Mazmarazzo, joined by my friends always, Anthony Cafone, Matthew Thornton. Fellas, this is a makeup episode. Obviously, we know we went a little too long with the NFL predictions, but nonetheless, here we are with another one. Let's jump right into it. AC, run us through it, man. All right, so first story up tonight, recent news out of Lakerland. Frank Vogel in a post-game press conference recently talked about benching star point guard Russell Westbrook. We had to jump it, right it, in with this. We're, we're, I mean, it's the, the top story of the night. Man. I know, I, I, know, I, know, I, know I know it's I know not it, something it. you like talking about because – and we Look, generally I, tend to talk Lakers a lot on this podcast. Listen, I knew we had to add it. I knew we had – like we added it to like the topics. I just didn't know we were starting first. It's a big so, story of the night, Mass. Yeah, it is the story yeah, we, of the we night. Where, this you, one. where do you want to start, bro? I mean, what's there to say? Russell Westbrook is garbage. Frank Vogel, you know, I, Russ ain't even garbage, bro. Y'all saw that dunk on Gobert. Like, come on. Give yeah, the man his He yeah, has one. That, that, was, that was OKC, bro. I don't even want to hear you talk about Russell Westbrook with your disrespectful having, you know what. Hey, I, I thought Rondo should have been starting over him. But here we are, right? Vogel right. chooses to bench him and looks what look what happened. They lost anyway, so I don't even trust Vogel at this point. You got Charles Barkley going, sounding off on the Lakers saying this and that. And don't get me wrong, he made some decent points, but to sit there and say that Frank Vogel isn't a problem, I'd be like, are you kidding me? My man doesn't know rotations. He has no clue what he's doing anymore. He's lost control and respect, I feel like. The players have lost control and respect. The only person who's worth anything anymore at this point in time is LeBron James and Stanley Johnson, for crying out loud. Everybody else is just the island of misfit toys. I don't even know what we're doing. I'm at the point where I'm just like, trade everybody, blow it up. Blow it up completely? Like, yeah, no AD? You want to give it an AD too? I don't even care anymore. What's good as AD if he can't even play, dude? He's always injured. The boy's charming ultra soft. When he's healthy, he's great. But when is he healthy anymore? Like, even the championship run, he was out, like, a lot of the season too. Like, come on, man. I don't even know what to do anymore. I mean, let, let me ask depending you on who, me, listen, oh, depending on who we're talking, I could be inclined to trade just about anybody in the league, depending on what I'm getting back for it. So I'm gonna ask you this: Who would you rather have on the Lakers right now? Like hypothetically, I know this is almost impossible due to like the salary and all that. Would you rather have Anthony Davis as your second option or Jason Tatum? I know a lot of people are talking about ball, uh, Jason Tatum wanting to leave with after LeBron, the contract. Like with LeBron, uh, even after the fact, you know he's, he only has what, like two, three more years left. Don't get me wrong; I mean, moving forward, I like. Just with the, I like Anthony Davis. Like I know I just was talking all that crap. Oh, like, I still like the guy, but it, it depends on what like you're looking for. I mean, like if I'm pairing it with LeBron, I'm I'm still right. gonna rock with uh Davis. 
Okay. But if we're just talking about like building for the future, I mean, Tatum's like what, like 25, 26? Yeah, 20. No, I think he's younger than that. I think he's like 20, 24. 25. He's I don't even 24. know what he's at, dude. I know he's a young boy, like, and he's a baller. Like, that kid is going to, is the face of your franchise, Matt Boston. Like, I would love to have Jason Tatum. You know, the kid is outside of Luka Doncic, you're talking probably the best young player in the league. So anyway, back to Russell Westbrook. Right. So um, I'm just going to read off his stats. This man's shooting 43% from the field this year, and he's averaging close to 16 shots a game. That just ain't going to get it done. You're expecting this guy to go out and drop upwards of 25, 26 points per game, and he's nowhere near that total right now. He's not been a great production. I, I think maybe you give him a little bit more reduced role just for the time being. Maybe it's just a confidence issue. Maybe he's just feeling the pressure right now just playing in showtime. You give him less minutes. You let him focus on playing with the backups. Let him sort of carry his own rotation and not have to sort of worry about feeding LeBron or worrying about playing with other the big stars. Just give him his own time. Let him work around it. I mean, trade deadline's only a few weeks away. You got a little bit of breathing room to figure out what you want to do with Russell Westbrook if you're the Lakers right now. I, I don't think he – I mean, of course, you're hitting the panic button, but I don't think it's time to make a move just yet. Give it a week or two. Yeah, no, I'm no, in panic I'm, mode. I'm in full-blown panic mode. I, panic I'm sorry, man. I'm on big panicking. I've been panicking since AD. Well, he's, a Laker fan. He's, he's a Laker I, fan. He's got to be panicked. Dude, I've been panicking since AD went down. Like, I sat here, and I was just like, yo, Russ is going to work out. It's going to be all good. We got AD. They're going to run the pick and roll. Finally, somebody to take the – Ball handling skills off of LeBron, and then boom. AD what type of panic down. is this? Though? Are you are you worried that you guys aren't gonna have a make it to the finals? Or are you just, are you more worried about not, maybe not even making it to the playoffs? What type of panic? I think they'll make the playoffs. I, I'm no, they're, they're definitely gonna make the playoffs. Dude, here's listen, the thing: yeah. the one thing, balanced. like I know I'm wearing like a Miami hat right now, just because like listen, this is a fantastic hat. I love it. But listen, when the good thing about being a Lakers fan is that you legitimately expect championship or bust. If you don't get the chip, it's not a successful season. And I love gauging it like that. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, that's not how you're supposed to look at it and all that stuff. But I just totally disagree. When you're a franchise of this caliber with the history that they have, the players that they've been known to attract, you except for the years where you had like Lonzo and Brandon Ingram and you were legitimately rebuilding, I mean, this was a year where they went – all in on it. They traded away Kuzma. They traded away Harold and Pope and packaged it for Russell Westbrook. And it was like, oh, MVP caliber point guard coming to the league. I obviously he coming to the team. My bad, not the league. Coming to the team, and it's like, okay, granted, he's lost a couple of steps from the MVP season, but he's still a triple double monster. He should take the ball handling off of LeBron, and everything should work out. Him and AD didn't look great together. Him and Braun don't look great together. The fact of the matter comes down to this. The Lakers have no shooting. The shooters that they have on the team haven't been doing much. Everybody's inconsistent. There's too many people that play 20-plus minute and don't even break 10 points. There's problems up and down the roster right now. It looks awful, and quite frankly, I'm just ready to blow it all up. Yeah, and the funny thing was, you were mentioning Kyle Kuzma, who the Lakers traded for, and he's having a renaissance here right now. What in else Washington? What else <laughs> the Lakers Brandon the Ingram did the same thing. Man. The Lakers love it. They all do. Alex Caruso. Alex Caruso. Alex Caruso. Like the, all these Lakers young stars that they had, they were so they they gave up on it so quick. I mean, they still got a championship out of it, so you can't be so upset about it. Right, but, but, but let's 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 also keep this in mind, though. They're the only reason why they're 
putting up these numbers now is because they're not playing with LeBron. Okay, let's if even if we did keep them, I'm not saying that they wouldn't have uh, uh, slightly improved, but it wouldn't be to this degree because they wouldn't have had the ball in their hands. Especially, what do you mean by uh, we? Who? What, what, what does this we keep them? You're right. I'm not we, but the Lakers do have a special place in my heart after that championship run. I must admit. I'm yeah, not yeah, whatever. Jesus. Dude, but, just uh, jump off the sinkage. Just jump off any sinking ship, man. I get it already. Whatever. Tom Brady bandwagon as well. Hey, hey, hey. I have a team. I have a basketball team. It's Boston. Like, that's straight up just like that. But Dog, with all due respect, I'm a Yankees fan, Lakers, and Cowboys fan. How are you the bandwagon on this on this podcast right now? How did you even – you have to tell us how you even became a Cowboys fan. But let me just get back to we'll my point. We'll get to that one day, but keep it right, moving, right, bro. Right. Give us where you take. So, like I was saying, I, I don't – I know that they, they probably would improve, but not to this degree because LeBron would have the ball in his hands. Obviously, Anthony Davis – so even if they did hold on to those pieces, I don't think they would, would be doing what they're doing now on the Lakers currently because it's all you know about fit, but schemes and all that. You know everything on the Lakers runs through LeBron. So I'm ex- I'm happy for these young players that they were allowed to grow. Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Caruso, all those guys. Uh, but I'm gonna I want to say I must give myself a little credit. I was wrong and I was right. Me and Maz, the very first day I met Maz, I remember this. The Stop very it. first day I met Maz, we had a debate. A Rondo, who should be the starter for the Lakers point guard? And I was wrong about saying Rondo would be the starter, but I was. You have to give me credit. I did call it early. I said Ron, I said Westbrook should and would be benched, but I was just wrong about who would be replacing him. I built, I thought Rondo would be there to fill that role. That I feel like the Lakers gave up on him early because they never really gave him a chance. No, he wasn't who? shooting. Well. Huh? They gave up on Rondo? No, I'm talking about the minutes. Well, yeah, I know he was. I mean, he was playing poorly and in certain stretches, but he had some very good games too. He was still always a better playmaker than Russell Westbrook. I feel like. Um, but I'm going to talk about what the issue is with the Lakers. I I feel like. Well, let me go back to your, your Vogel point. We know Vogel was never the coach. I mean, yes, that's his title, but we know the player never had the ultimate respect for Frank Vogel. I mean, look what he did with the with the Pacers. Any team he's been in charge of. He's never really accomplished that much. I mean, yes, he went to the conference finals. That's with a Paul George in his prime with a Roy Hibbert, who was actually an all-star caliber player. But Frank Vogel, he's never, besides that 2020 championship, which I can make an argument, LeBron James and Anthony Davis carried. I mean, how, how it's like Steve Nash. How much do you really have to coach when you have players that are at that level in the game? Like, so I, I don't feel that 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 Frank Vogel, uh, he's that that they uh Frank Vogel, what I'm trying to say. He's, he's, he's never been that type of caliber coach. So I, I don't think he should get the majority of the brain. I'm going to say LeBron needs to take some accountability because he's the one that wanted to get Russ. And it just doesn't fit. It really just does not fit. I saw I saw this months ago. I knew it wasn't going to fit. Like, he couldn't shoot. I, I said, what do you do with Russ? Because LeBron is the better facilitator. He's the better playmaker. And you can't really put Russ off the ball. So what are you going to do? And then the one game where they um, – but they, they, it was like a good win over. I, I don't think they were a playoff team. I forgot what team it was. But I remember that they were playing Russ on off on the offensive end as like the five man. They were he was just the cutter. You know what I'm saying? They just kept him in the corner, trying to let him stay off the way, and they let LeBron run the point. So it's, it's gonna. I feel like they're gonna have to try and trade Russ because there's just no place for him unless Russ is gonna accept the fact that he should be like because I I've been saying he should be on the bench. Like I said, unless Russell Westbrook can come to terms with come playing off the bench. I don't, I don't. I think you have to get rid of him. 
Well, here's the problem with it, right? If you trade Russ, I don't even know if they can get back in the trade, to be honest with you. He's, his value is a little diminished. And he's not like, listen, Russell Westbrook is not a here's horrible the, basketball player. But here's the thing. Any playoff team would love to have a Russell Westbrook come to their team. Yeah. It's no, just, the, it's just the price. Dude, I'm telling you right now, like Russ brings a lot. The problem with Russ is is that he's on a team that can't shoot. That's that's the biggest problem yeah. with it right you, now. You put him on a team that does have shooters. It's a completely different story. I mean, listen, yeah. look what look what happened with Russ when he was playing with Bradley Beal. Like he was looking pretty decent down in Washington. Uh, we've seen him with him and KD couldn't get it done for the chip, but they were, you know, we were right. talking that was one of the most exciting tandems in basketball at the time. The problem with Russell Westbrook is that he's just not around shooters. I thought it would have worked like this. It, it would have. I'll leave some of the ball handling pressure off LeBron. We know LeBron's getting up there in age and, you know, give him some couple of breaks without having to pull him off the court. You know, Russ got the high motor. He's not like the greatest defender in the world, but that high motor allows him to keep up with guys at times. And I really thought him running a pick and roll with Davis was going to work. The problem is, you know, Davis is glass and he can't stay on the court. When they were on the court, the chemistry was looking streaky at times. And now we're just at a point where, hey, the three-point shooters that you brought in can't even hit the backboard at times, and it's just right. been nothing but brick house city. So that's the Lakers right now. They're just a brick house because no one can shoot. When LeBron James is your best three-point shooter on the team, you have a problem. You know, and shout out LeBron. He has He's really improved. Some deep than Malik Monk? Um. Maybe not, but like you know what I mean. He's definitely a top two, yeah, for sure. You know, he's he, every time you watch, every time you watch the Lakers play, like I, I've caught mad games this season. LeBron's letting get ripped from downtown, and he seems to be the only one doing it at a consistent basis. But nonetheless, I don't know what you trade for. There's talks of Miles Turner. I would love to have a, a young Miles Turner on the team, but does that equal a championship? I don't know. It greatly improves the interior defense that they're lacking, but. They still have a lot of problems. They got to find a way to get a shooter and get it cheap and start getting some of these other guys moving. Because once again, you hit the lights of LA and you can't do nothing with it. A la Kyle Kuzma, Brandon Ingram, et cetera, et cetera. And the Lakers right, going to Friday's think, game. As the Lakers going to Friday's game. Before you continue, Anthony, I just want to make this real, uh, last point real quick. Um, I think Anthony will remember this. Uh, when I made the point uh, a few months ago, when I said, um, I think I'd rather have Russell coming on the bench because at the time, most of the what Lakers is that going to do? Lakers, no, most of most of the Lakers shooters were on the bench. We had the Malik Monk, we had the THC. Remember, I was saying the Carmelo. Well, Anthony. they were playing THT a lot, and I said right. from day one, THT does not belong in the lineup. He's just a worse Russell Westbrook. Can't shoot, just a slashing guy. Does not finish. Fant- like THT ain't never finished a ball in his life. The way that Russell Westbrook jammed on Rudy Gobert, all right. So I think right. THC needs to get a moving. But and, and we, we have to keep mind they also have Kendrick Nunn too. So it's going to be interesting to see what he can do when he gets healthy. I think he's a solid player. I think he's a pretty yeah. solid player. I just don't know, man. Nobody's proving themselves, and until they do, I'm ready to ship everybody and their mama out. Get out of LA. On to the next one. Go ahead, Ed. All right. So the Lakers going to Friday's game, 22 and 23 in Orlando. So hopefully a game that they can get back on track. So next story going into tonight's podcast. Bull Bull, the big 7-3 center, traded to the Boston Celtics in a three-team deal that included P.J. Dozier going back to Boston as well, Juancho Hernan Gomez uh, goes from Boston to San Antonio, and Bryn Forbes from San Antonio to Denver, a three-team trade. So Bull Bull, we all know he was a star college basketball player at Oregon. This season he was doing some good work with Denver, and he comes to a Boston Celtics team that's sort of struggling Trying to find their identity. They have two big stars in Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. 
is this the trade that you think the Boston Celtics are sort of revitalized their their identity? And I want to go to Matt first because you know he is the Boston Celtics fan. Supposedly, Anthony. I know supposedly I'm a Boston fan. We don't know where you at anymore. We don't know. I had to go ahead. Go ahead. I I had to pull a a a big J right here. Start rolling my hands. We started introducing that topic. I know we were going to get into it this early. Um, but yeah, I do like that move. It's going to be really interesting to me what his role will be. I hope we use him. Uh, but let let me just talk about what I think of him as a town before I think of what he uh, his potential is in the lineup. This man, Boba, I've seen so. I, it was a summer league game, so obviously he's going up against lesser talent than uh, stars and, and starters in the NBA. But I've seen this man in games at what is he seven three? Bring up the ball. He has a legit handle. I've seen for a big man, especially at that size, he has a handle. He's not no Chris Stapps Porzingis uh, with, with the handle. He can legit bring the ball up at seven three to be able to bring the ball up. He has a th- he can shoot the three point shot maybe not consistently but I would say slightly better than average. He has an array. He's an excellent defender. He can move. He's mobile. Can run in transition. Can help you in the fast break. This man, I am. I for the life of me, I cannot understand why Denver did not give this man minutes. And yes, I understand you have Jokic, you have big man, you have Mason Plumlee for a little bit. They brought in Aaron Gordon. I understand that, but you have a young, I think demigod. This man, who knows what this man can be. I'm not saying uh, – I know uh, we uh, in the past we talked – I said uh, I compared him to KD. I'm not saying he's going to be KD. I think he could be KD-like. I think he can get you somewhere between – his ceiling, I think he can get you between 15 and 20 with 10 boards. This man can be a solid, like a, a consistent all-star participant. But as far as how he's going to fit with the lineup, I don't understand. I don't know how it's going to fit, rather, because like I said, they got uh, – the Celtics have Robin Williams. They have Cantor. Maybe they can put Bobo at the four because he can shoot. Maybe he could be like a stretch four. Uh, helping uh, with the defensive end because the, the Celtics' problem is definitely on the defensive end, especially on the interior. So I, I'm wondering what they're going to do with their bigs. But I, I hope, I pray that the Celtics give this man minutes because he he has all the potential in the world to in the world to me. So I mean, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, he 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 has an injury problem. He has a foot problem. I think he's getting surgery on it. Yeah, that's one of the so, issues. Yeah, that, that's that's one of the big issues that I've that the Nuggets I've seen, Matt, because you were wondering why he wasn't getting enough playing time. Right. Injury history with him, especially it's also been a, a known phenomenon with guys who are over seven foot that injuries are prone to happen. You're going to get a lot of lower body injuries because just the human body is not accustomed to holding up that much weight and that much stature. So he has a inj- little bit of injury history. I think Boston, it's a big boom or bust trade. High risk, high reward. If you're getting like the bowl bowl we saw at Oregon, you're set because now you have the third piece that you could possibly use to build a championship roster. But if it doesn't work out, I mean, also I wouldn't say it's totally high risk in the sense that you're not paying him that much. He's still on a rookie deal. So I like the move for the Celtics going forward, and I'm happy. I'm like excited to see what we're going to see from bowl bowl going forward. Yeah, fellas, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, It's a decent trade. I just don't know where he fits. I don't. I, I. You said that Bobo could potentially be an All Star. I don't know. I mean, I like that he's. Did you? Did you not just say that? You know, I was. I thought you said that. Yeah, 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 no. yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if Bobo could be an All Star. I, I like the fact that he's seven foot two. I like that fact that his first two seasons in the NBA, he shot forty four percent from three for the first one and thirty seven percent 
in the second one. I mean, that's insane, especially at that size. I've seen Bull Bull have handles. I know what you're talking about. I didn't see the G League game. I just saw him, like, in an NBA game. It was actually, like, you know, garbage minutes, but Bull Bull did some work in it. And, I mean, if you're a 2K fan, obviously you love playing with Bull Bull because oh, it's kind of like a cheat code nonetheless. But back to real life here, I don't know. The problem with – the Celtics to me is two things. I, I don't think they, I think they need an, an elite point guard. I mean, Dennis Schroeder has been all right for the season, but he seems to get exposed at times with his stature. We saw San Antonio go right at him. And when they weren't going at him, they were going at Al Horford. And I love Al Horford, but the man just isn't what he used to be. He's catching up. They need a legitimate center and a legitimate point guard. And dare I say, the only way you're going to get that is, trading away Jalen Brown because you're not trading away Jason Tatum. All right. But what really, what much more are you working with that can get you elite level talent? I think it's time to break up the tandem. The fact that the Celtics are sitting in ninth place right now has me worried for them. I think they should be better. I think that roster is better and they're just underperforming, but they've been underperforming for a while now. So to me, I don't know. I, I'm Amen. I'm me, contemplating breaking them up. Right. Let, let me throw this trade. Uh, idea out to you just for speculation what do you think about packaging Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart for Damian Lillard I think that would be excellent. oh I like that I don't do, do it though yo, Portland, do I like Jalen Brown they with Jalen Brown because Portland's stupid yo I'm gonna be they honest, hold on to Dame no yeah, I didn't what. even consider that trade until you brought that up. If the money I think that works, could work I mean, for both sides. I'm gonna be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I'm both teams, I, I think I yo, I I like Marcus. You said Marcus Smart, right? Marcus Smart. Right, yeah, 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 Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart's a dog, man. Yo, Marcus Smart at, yo, you took the words right out of my mouth, bro. I, he, I know you, he's, man. <laughs> he's a dog, dude. Like Marcus Smart is that guy. Like, he's basically like Arguably one of the best wing defenders in the NBA. I love when he's just out there talking his stuff. Like, he's just an animal, dude. If he could get the offense up, like, he's a serious problem because he's already a problem on defense. If I'm Portland, I strongly have to consider that for sure. I mean, why wouldn't you? But we'll see what happens. All right. The the Celtics. I'll just move on. So the Celtics, a lot of young talent, uncertain future. But we'll see in the coming days what their what their next move is. So next story I got on the on the uh, on the rotisserie here is regard to the young Dukes, <laughs> the guy out of Duke, Cam Reddish, joining up with his teammate R.J. Barrett in New York through a trade with the Atlanta Hawks. And uh, this is a little interesting here. I mean, I, I like I ever mentioned, yeah, uh, you have R.J. I think Barrett it's there. Very. You said the two former yeah, Duke teammates. And uh, that opens the door maybe for a little bit of a Zion trade? Yo, that I'm going full-blown conspiracy theorist right now. I mean, the only merit behind it is one Zion has said that he loves playing in New York, but everybody and their mother who loves playing in New York. I mean, MSG is probably the pinnacle of basketball arenas. The atmosphere is just awesome there. But the fact that he's got his two Duke teammates there, I mean, how how when does that happen? You know what I mean? When you got just two teammates – that end up on the same team. And it just has to be your two boys. Zion, you know, that contract's going to be coming up in a bit. He's already, we know he does not like, he does not like being in New Orleans. They don't have a great basketball atmosphere. Football, completely different uh, conversation. But in terms of basketball, they, they just don't show as much love as they should be. Um, and Zion is in no rush to come back. 
I could actually, I'll say, we're going to save this for another podcast, I'm sure, but I could see them relocating. It, it's that bad, to be honest with you. And I think Seattle's wide open, but that's farther down the line. I think just straight up the Cam Reddish trade with everything that was a part of it with Solomon Hill and the picks, I really think New York fleeced Atlanta in that trade, sending Kevin Knox and whatever the heck over. They fleeced them. And now when you're looking with the Knicks, I mean, they're, they picked up Kemba Walker. And they picked up uh, Evan Fournier. And I was like, oh, this is really all this team is missing is just like two scores. Like two guys that like they have the defense. They have the defensive mind of coach. You have a guy in Thibs that gets the best out of his players on the defensive end, right? He turns guys that aren't dogs into dogs, you know? And if you can't make it, you're gone. So I'm like, okay, they got the good defense going. You got a guy in Kemba who – has been a star at points, but really streaky. And Fournier, who's been solid on offense, but once again, streaky, as we see both of them go from 40 points to, like, the worst shooting nights you've ever seen. But if you're just looking at um, the NBA, like, the Knicks in particular, like, they're not as high as you would expect them to be. I mean, they're sitting in 11th at 22 and 23. I don't know. Are they going to be keeping Julius Randle? Do they move on from him? I don't know. We'll see what happens. I mean, Julius has been doing work for them, but I don't see them being loyal to him, to be honest, especially if they can get Zion because they've always cared about one thing and one thing only, and that's profit and money. And I see them reverting back to the old ways and being like, okay, we're going to drop Julius Randle. We're going to go try and war over Zion. And we already got us two boys here. And we just care about having somebody that's a generational talent that the fans like love to see. I see them dropping Julius Randle potentially. And shout out James Fody, my boy out there. He said this way before this trade even happened. I was like, Zion is not coming, and I could actually see it now, and I can't believe I'm saying this. I mean, the Knicks this year, they're right now last in the Atlantic division. They are they're 22 and 23, and it's just looked a little sloppy out there. They've had their performances. I've seen, I've seen Kemba have some great games. I've seen Fournier have some great games. Randle have some great games. Randall's averaging a double-double right now, 19 and 10. So he's definitely having another great season. He's 27. He's going to be 28 in November. So he's starting to – I wouldn't say he's starting to leave his prime. He's right in the middle of it. But as the Knicks are starting to, you know, but get Zion's younger. But 21. Yeah, say, as, yeah as, say, as they're starting to get a little younger, you, you want to look towards guys who can give you more years of elevated play. And I like that Zion deal. That's- and Zion's averaging 25 points for his, 25.7 for his career right now. I mean, it, it's it's going to be up there, man. I mean, obviously, you have to worry about the injury history and the way that he's been carrying himself. But yeah, it, I it really is, think, it, is, it is scary to see with that weight injury. You know? I really think he's trying to pull an AB in terms of just getting – like, remember AB on, like, Las Vegas was just kind of like – you know, acting up because he just wants out. He wants nothing to do with the organization. I could see him doing that. AB, but less of a head case. You know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I just mean yeah. strictly like just trying to force your way no off motivation. the team. I guess, and he's, I guess just, he's making business moves potentially, man. I mean, we saw James Harden kind of do a similar thing with Houston where he came in mad overweight. And then after being in uh, Brooklyn for like a month and a half, he shedded everything, started really taking care of himself. I don't know, right. man. Definitely going to be interesting. Right, but the difference yeah. between that is – James Harden did that intentionally. I just think Zion has a, has poor eating habits. <laughs> That's the huge difference between those two. But um, in terms of just the trade, straight up, uh, obviously, uh, I, I do think along with uh, Maz that the Knicks did win this trade. 
trade. They gave away Kevin Knox and I believe a second round pick, if I'm not mistaken. A second round pick. Kevin Knox is trash too. Dude, I, I, listen, I, I, not going to hear a Knicks fan terrible. say forever, Kevin Knox has all this potential. No, he don't. The boy looked like a ham sandwich. I don't want to hear nothing, man. Right. He, I, think he, I, think he's a, I think he's a nice bench player. He can, he's an energy off the bench, good defensive player. Uh, but he, what is he, like 6'8", six, 6'9"? Six, but I'm going to just talk about the fit with Zion. Um, if they do manage to get Zion, I think they're going to have to move on from Obi Toppin. Because that would be essentially like, Having two Zion, it would be like having a poor Zion on the floor with Zion. But you that put be... OB in when when Zion's not playing. They don't both both of them at the floor. At the floor I, I, I don't, no, no OB's definitely the energy if, spark. Off but I'm saying if you're gonna groom him and want him to want to develop him, he's gonna eventually want to get in the starting lineup. You know what I'm saying? So I think you're gonna if, if you get Zion, you're gonna have to move away from either Julius Randle or Obi. I don't think it's gonna work, especially since the fact that Obi Toppin can't shoot and can't spread the floor. I mean, look at the Lakers. What we're saying with LeBron and Russ. You really want Zion Williamson and Obi Toppin on the floor together? I don't. So I, I think, I think you you might have to move away from some uh, from one of them. But Julius Randle having another good year. Derrick Rose is aging. He's getting up there. What is he? He's got to be like 30, 31 now. Six man. They are. They need. Yeah, real, I've been hearing rumors of uh, Derrick Rose potentially retiring after this year too. So no, you don't know about that. no, he better not retire. I mean, he, dude, he come on. Won. Dude, let the man walk into the sunset already. I've been I, I want to see. I want to see Rose. If he's gonna stay, I want to see him ring chase. I'm gonna be honest. I said it. Would you like to see yeah. him on the Lakers? I'll take him. I'll take it. Right upgrade. <laughs> if you can shoot a three, come to the Lakers, come man. I don't care right. if it's only shooting thirty-five percent. You can shoot thirty-five percent. Come on to the Lakers, man. But I, I feel but bad for the, the Knicks. Obi Toppin oh, shot thirty-six percent from three. His first season, so he is having a slump. But I don't know. I I don't think Obi's ever gonna be a guy that's gonna be in the starting lineup in New York. I also don't see him getting tired of not being in the starting lineup because he's from New York. He's a New York kid. I mean, if he's getting mad minutes, getting a solid contract, I could see him just being kind of complacent there. But nonetheless, I mean, what are you gonna do, dude? I mean, it's Zion Williamson until Obi starts averaging. Those right. Zion numbers, he's it is what it is. So Obi's got to pick up his game, and I I love what I see from Obi. He's exciting, dude. You talked about that spark plug coming off the bench. It's Obi Toppin. Guy comes into a game, hits a dunk, and you're like, dude, where did he even come up with that? Obi Toppin. Right? Toppin is one of the best in-game dunkers in the league, man. All right, so Cam Reddish first career so far. He's averaging eleven point one points per game, three point four rebounds, and almost an assist and a half. So he's coming to the Knicks. Big time deal and potentially d- down in the long run. They're getting for depth a, for a Zion Williamson. They're getting depth, and that's all that matters, man. That like you, like I just said, adds depth, potential leads Zion. It's a good move. All right. So moving on from the Knicks, we're gonna look at something that a little trend that's been going on in basketball that as of last few weeks is looking a little weird, and that's just the top dogs right now in the NBA are sort of slumping a little bit. The Golden State Warriors have not looked sharp in the last few weeks. They're 5-5 five and five in their last 10. Chicago Bulls in their last 10 are also 5-5, five and five, and Brooklyn's 5-5 five and five in their last 10. So the big power dogs right now in the NBA are not looking as sharp as they did in October, November, December, and maybe a little bit of a power struggle is happening in the NBA. And I want to go to Matt first on this. They are on a, a slight slump, but let's keep in mind, these <laughs> 
all of these teams that we're about to mention, the Chicago, uh, the Nets, and the Warriors are still all top three seeds. So it's funny how we're saying they're in the slump and they're still at the top of the at the top of the conference. But I do understand that. Um, I'm really not worried about either any of these teams. I'm not worried about the Warriors, the Bulls, or Brooklyn. I think Chicago is actually playing higher than how uh, most the majority of the fans uh, anticipated this season. I think their ceiling is the conference finals. Um, they could lose in the second round. They're going to make it to the second or third round and either lose to Brooklyn or Milwaukee. Um, the Nets, they just got Kyrie back. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the dynamic works between him, James Harden. They haven't played that much. The big three hasn't played that much together healthy. But I'm not worried about them because – KD's hurt I too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, when is he uh, – is it what is it like – I said two, three weeks, probably all-star break. Probably all-star right, break, right. you're saying? Yeah. So I, I, I'm not really overly concerned about any of these teams. The Warriors, Clay just came back. And I, I honestly thought he – I didn't think he would struggle to this degree. Yes, he, he was out for two years. I understand that. But I was under the assumption that – well, Klay Thompson is a shooter. We all know that. But I was looking at how KD came back from an injury. And shooters usually recover and adjust faster coming off serious injuries compared to, like, a more a people, a players that rely strictly on athleticism like a Russell Westbrook or a, a, a D-Rose in his prime, if you want to go there. I thought he would come back and be more efficient. I thought he would come back and have more of an impact uh, just, uh, coming back off the injury. But like we said, they're deep, man. I think Clay being out was a blessing in disguise for the Warriors to give their bench players and their young uh, players on the team a chance to develop, a chance for them to showcase what they can do and just build their confidence going into not only just all-star break, but going into the playoffs. I think they're going to – the players, Jordan Poole, uh, what's that guy's name? Uh, Damian Lee. Damian Lee, Kaminga. They have, they have some nice players on their bench that are very young that I feel were able to to shine and, and work and develop their game with Clay being out. So I'm not overly concerned about any of these teams, to be honest. All right, Maz, what's up with you? Uh, I'm concerned for the Bulls because Lonzo just uh, tweaked his knee and he's out like, I think it was like four to six weeks or six to eight weeks, something like that, eight, something right. crazy. You know, so Lonzo being out, I mean, that scares me. I mean, we know that DeMar DeRozan has been balling this year, but – I don't know, dude. Lonzo just opens up that entire team. I've said multiple times I never wanted the Lakers to trade Lonzo. I wanted Kuzma and Ingram gone and keeping him. I saw the potential. The kid does everything right. And now he's got the scoring down. He's always always played lockdown defense. He's a 6'6 point guard. That wingspan's amazing. We talked Jason Kidd-esque vision at times. One of the best passers in the league. And now he's got the, the, the consistent shot changes up the form. Scoring consistently at times, not like a top scorer in the NBA, but he's a vital piece to a team. He's a vital piece to this Chicago team, so they're, I'm a little concerned for them moving forward. Uh, the Warriors, Steph's been in a slump, but you know shooters end up in slumps all the time, and it, you'd want to see him in it now than ever because they're still sitting as the second seed in the Western Conference, and you know the Grizzlies are catching up to him and. The Grizzlies, man. I mean, I know we're talking about teams slipping, but oh, I'm ready to say John Morant MVP low key. I'm at that mm. level. Mm. I'm at that level. You're looking at star talent, man. I mean, Ja ain't working with much, and he's working like he's a young. I have dog. to disagree with that, man. He's got three players who are averaging over 16 this year, but they're all young, dude. It ain't like exactly. he's chilling with like a Bradley Beal or, or like a the, James the point Harden. You're making here is the point you're making is here. They're not established yet, but they're still putting up numbers. 
And then I, at the out. end, of, but do they do that when Jaw's not like Jaw is that team, man? That's the heart and soul. I get, of that team. I get what you're saying. By far I'm the best player on the team. All the Memphis roster right now. Don't undersell them. Now, I'm underselling because they're all young, just like them, man. It's not like you. We sit here and we talk about Steph MVP. Fair enough. Steph has a great coach in Steve Kerr. He's got Clay Thompson back now. He's had Draymond Green, who's obviously. Draymond's a star, but he's not like a superstar because he doesn't put up a big, uh, a big amount of points. I mean, it was basically been John ja Morant and, and Stephen Adams in terms of star power. You see Desmond Bain stepping up. Uh, I'm pretty sure they still have the kid Brooks. Like they got some pieces there, but without John ja Morant, I don't know what this team looks like. And he's been amazing. And I, I'm gonna give him his flowers because you look at everybody else. The Suns sitting there with the as the first seed, they still got Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton. You look at. Uh, Chicago, you, you got Zach Levine, you got Vucevic, you got DeMar DeRozan, Lonzo Ball, the Brooklyn Nets, they're big three. John Morant is just getting it done in the West. And, and like, look at look at Luka Doncic, who's been amazing. They're nine, the Mavs are nine and one climbing up the ladder. Luka's got, you know, dare I say, better star power than than Ja has with Kristaps Porzingis, who could be a little glass at times, but in terms of just star power, like. They're looking a little better. It's just something's magical is going on in Memphis right now. And if they stay a top three, I'm ready to give John Morant MVP because that kid is a dog and the most exciting player in the NBA, in my opinion, right now. I want to ask you this, Maz. So what what is your concern with the Warriors? Are you saying that you feel Memphis is a serious threat to them in the playoffs? Is that what you're saying? I'm saying John Morant is the is fearless and the kid is like 21 years old. And the 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 mentality that you just see this kid post game, he's a killer. He's a killer, dude. Post game like conference, you know, like this kid is legitimately a young Russell Westbrook, but maybe even better than Westbrook. Dare I say that? Oh yeah, he has a look at his jump shot at this age. No, no, that's what I'm saying. Like Russell was awesome when he was in OKC, but like Ja just looks just a little bit better, man. I mean, I feel like he's just as athletic. He might be just as fast. Like, it's Mm -hmm. the shots looking better. The leading skills, most of all. Like, we've always Mm -hmm. known that, like, Russ has had, like, that mentality. But I feel like Russ has never really known how to lead, you know, because he was battling with KD for that top dog spot. It ain't like that here in Memphis. John Morant's the top dog. Everybody else is in the pack. And that's the alpha male right now. And we're going to do – like, they're going to take care of their business because they all know – I don't want to say – you know, like they're less players because they are young, but everybody knows their role and they're 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 stepping up to higher limits. But nobody's coming for Ja's top spot. You know what I'm saying? So when you got that, everybody competing for each other, like Ja's already leading better at this age than I think Russell Westbrook has ever did in OKC. Sure, that's yeah. not a shot. At, that's not a shot at Russell Westbrook. He was awesome in OKC. That's saying that Ja Morant is at a new level, like. Yeah, if I'm Steph Curry, the way that he's been playing, I'm worried, you know, just because this kid, I, I fully believe he low-key could get it done by himself. I'm not saying they're going to win a chip, but they, mm. they could pose some serious threats if the standings stay the way they are down the stretch. And I do now, have to slightly disagree with Maz, though, on that leadership part as it pertains to Russell Westbrook because we did, I did see Russell Westbrook galvanize the troops when KD left and did lead that team to the playoffs. And but his, his teammates always say that he loves him. They, they all his teammates that he's ever played with always say great things about him. It's usually just the on the court issues that that the teammates have an issue with his play style more than his his leadership. Because I've seen when KD left, 
people thought the Thunder were done. People were just like, blow it up now. They don't stand a chance. And I saw Russell Westbrook take Steven Adams and, and Cantor and these, these young uh, players and, and then uh, less value players come in and they made it to the playoffs. Did they make it far? No, they did not. But I, I still think you're uh, underselling of Russell Westbrook as a leader. But how many times do you see Russ take a last shot or just try to take things into his hand when he shouldn't have taken it into his hands? I don't see Ja doing that. Ja is already about leadership. Got that's something on the on the court. Yeah, yeah that's leadership like right there. You know what I'm saying? Like play style, knowing when to pick your spots, knowing when to turn it up when you need to take over. Like that's leadership, man. I agree with yeah. that. I, I've been liking what I've been seeing from Ja. I've been liking what I'm seeing from Memphis. I just like seeing that there are some new teams now. We've seen teams like Philadelphia, for example. They've gone eight and two over their last end. They're starting to come up. Embiid's been looking like a monster. They need to get him help, man. Yeah, they, they need to get him a little bit of help, but they've been they've been winning without help. But I mean, you got Dallas, like you said, Matt's nine and one their last ten. Doncic has been going off. Teams that generally have not been playing well last few seasons. I'll well, Philly, minus Philly. Yeah, I'll exclude the Sixers from that. Have started to play better. And now we see the teams like Chicago, Brooklyn, even Milwaukee's four and six in their last 10. Right. Teams that have played playing good are starting to play that. And I'm, I'm liking to see this little uh, dynamic, this little power struggle I've been seeing from, from the NBA lately. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I think this is going to sound awful to some people. I think Milwaukee's overrated, man. I think that that was a weak championship. Here's the thing with Milwaukee that I, that I want to – just saying. Wait, wait, what did you say? Man? Did. My, my connection. Kind I of broke said that, I said that was a weak championship win, man. I'm not sold on Milwaukee. Yeah, yeah. Milwaukee. They've had impressive wins. That they beat the Warriors by 40 the other night. Right. Was it last week? Two was, was Clay back when they did that, or was he? he yes, was, and Clay was back when he they was did back. That. Right. Yeah. So they they destroyed the Warriors. So they have some impressive wins. It's just that they lose very winnable games, and that's their issue. I think they could definitely be a team that can fight for another championship, but they just got to iron out some of those issues. I mean, dude. Those issues are just shooting from the outside. Look what happened with Brooklyn. I mean, you're playing against KD, which is obviously KD's one of the best players of all time, but you get KD, Kyrie Irving's out, and uh, Harden's got the hamstring injury. I don't think it came at a better time for them. I get what you're saying about them slipping, and we always talk – I'm sold on Giannis. That's about it. I ain't sold on the Bucks and Budenholzer. To be honest, like that whole organization, the front office is making makes moves at times, and the fact that they've got the amount of star, like the amount of caliber players that they got to go to Milwaukee. Right. Shout out to them. The fact that they got Giannis to stay, because I swear to God, I thought he was going to Miami. I thought he was going to South I Beach. I love Giannis for that, too. I, love yeah, I wanted him to do it. Like, I'm not even, like, I'm a fan of the Heat uh, alternate logos and stuff, and I'm a fan of Spolstra, but I can't sit here and tell you I'm a, I'm a legitimate Heat fan. I just wanted to see Giannis go there. And I think him with Jimmy would have been so much fun, but nonetheless. Well, I want to ask you guys this real quick before we move on. Who do you have leading the MVP rest between DeMar DeRozan, KD, and Steph? Who do you think is ranked higher right now? Probably DeMar at the moment. I DeMar think it's DeMar. I mean, I, I love K, KD, but he's going to be injured next few weeks, so he's going to take a little bit he's of He's going to be dive. falling, you know. Curry's so. been playing like garbage the last few weeks, and I just like DeMar. He's been more consistent so far this season. And, and then he doesn't, doesn't he have like three buzzer beaters in like the last month? Like yeah, a half? Ridiculous. This guy is absolutely clutch. 
He's always been somewhat clutch to to an extent, but it just it, it never translated to the playoffs and like you know what we were saying with. But that's what I was going to say. I, we, we've seen the rap. We've seen Demar Derozan on the Raptors have the first seed and did not do anything in the playoffs. So I I I do like this team. This Bulls team more than any Raptors team with Demar Derozan on it. But I am interested to see will he keep this level of play and cl- clutchness in big games in the playoffs. I'm, I'm going to be really interested and keeping my eye eye on that for. Uh, on the oh yeah, for sure. And I just to be honest with you, if you look at like, if you just look at like the key of rankings, like Demar's sitting there at fifth, Giannis holding down the number one spot, KD's at three, and I think he's going to be falling. They're really, you know, giving it to Jokic because of the win shares, because of when he's off the court, the team is just absolutely abysmal. But I, I don't know, man. I said a few podcasts ago, I thought Nikola Jokic is a top five player in the league right now, and everyone laughed at me. I think we did laugh at you, man. And you I know think he's what? a top five player right now. I can't even I can't disagree with you, that. man. I didn't want to be wrong on that either. I, I think Katie Curry is, dude. and LeBron. Well, that's what I said. Let's go through it right now. I yeah. think he's better LeBron right Who's now. your top five in the league? I think Katie Curry are definitely in there. Jokic. You can make a case for Embiid right now. And then maybe Ja. At, at the yeah. moment, that's what I think the list would be. Okay, I I don't hate the list. I'm gonna be honest. I Jokic is very good, man. It's just I can just think of guys I'd rather have over him. You know, LeBron James is still putting up numbers. You know, if you don't have LeBron James in your top five, you're crazy. Especially at this age, I'm a Kobe fan for crying out loud. I love LeBron right now because he's in a Lakers uniform. If he wasn't on the Lakers, I'd be hating. I'm gonna be honest. You know. Um, but I, I I respect him for what he is, and especially what he's doing right now. Still mad about last year. We already talked about what happened in the playoffs. I'm still salty about that. But I got LeBron. Steph, even though he's in a slump, it's got to be up there. I, I think Giannis and KD absolutely have to be up there. And then it I forgot about Giannis. Sorry about that. I forgot. You know, about you got Giannis. You know, so that's your four. And then I like that you put him beat up there. You could talk about Jokic. You could talk about John Morant. For me personally, I think the West is looking a little harder this year. I think this is the closest it's ever been in recent years, you know, in terms of like West and East. So for me, I I think I got to give it to John Morant, a top five player in the NBA right now. And can I give a shout out to Chris Paul? I'm not saying he belongs in the top five, but this man consistently, wherever this man goes, the team becomes so much re- more relevant and just better overall. I mean, the, what is he? 34. The Suns are 34 and, and 9. I, that, I believe that's the best record. Yes, it is. It's the best record in the entire league. He took them to the championship along with De- Devin Booker. I understand he's not completely carrying them. But we, I think Chris Paul should deserve some type of um, MVP, MVP type consideration. Do I think he's going to win it or will he be in the top three? No. There's just better players. Who I, like Matt said, who you – who would you would rather have? But uh, for my top five right now, um, you guys kind of threw it threw this at me at the last second. I'm really playing on this, but I would say Giannis, KD, LeBron, uh, Curry, and then I'm looking through the West. Yeah, you might have to go Jokic. I think I think or mm, no, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna I'm gonna put a healthy Kawhi. Above Jokic, just How, I can't even put that there, man. I, I can't, can't even put that there. I'm talking about right now. This, this season, oh, okay. Then I dude, he's been out. Like, 
I get what you're saying, Kawhi. Like, if we're just talking like everybody healthy, yeah, Kawhi's in my top five all day. Right. But right. he's 100 that fifth spot. Like, not e- even close to. I I got him over Giannis. To be honest with you, Giannis Ooh, would be my five in that. Yeah, dude, Kawhi. Dude, look what he. That's a come that's on, the right there. That's yeah. the beat. We'll have that another day. But yeah, you gotta I, save that I, one. I don't know, healthy, man. I think I'm gonna have Giannis. Uh, dude, Kawhi, clutch. But anyway. If you just right. look at it, before we move on, what you just said about Chris Paul, I'll, I'll give you that. Whoever blocked that trade for Chris Paul to the Lakers, where the Lakers were going to give up like Pau Gasol and Lamar uh, and Lamar Odom, that was David for Stern, like right? Chris Paul. Yeah, no, I, I think it was Stern that blocked that. Yeah, Stern. well, you know what? Uh, I don't want to talk about like the man has obviously passed away, and right. I thank him for everything that he did to the great to the for the game, but the. Biggest, the worst thing they ever did was block that trade. You've seen what's happening with Devin Booker. Imagine what would have happened with Kobe Bryant and Chris Paul. It would have been magical. Yeah, I know. That's salty crazy. Laker fan. We love it. We love yeah, it. What else is new? I'm going to just sit here with my saltiness for the rest of the night. All right. So, big story that came out of Brooklyn. Looking like James Harden potentially wants out. And, I, I mean, it looks crazy on paper, but the Nets really, after, Does it? after the new year hit, they really haven't looked great. They've been losing the teams that they really should be winning. Lost to OKC a few nights ago. They, they, they beat a few teams, but outside of, I think they beat Milwaukee. No, who was the team that they beat that was really good a few nights a few, um, last week? I'm, I'm drawing a blank who it was. It was Chicago. They beat Chicago. Oh, they, beat Chicago. they beat Chicago really good last week. But outside of that win, they really haven't had too many marquee wins this season. And I, I don't blame Harden for really want to see other options. I'm with you on that one. I just said Joel Embiid needs a second, uh, some help, could use a second star power. I think Philly's the destination for him personally. Hold on, though. I don't think the Nets would trade hard into Philly, though. I could. Well, hear me out. Hear me out. Here's the thing, right? I'm not sold on the Brooklyn Nets like I was a, a, a little bit ago. And I've never really been sold on them. It's just that I think they 100% would have beat the Bucks if they were healthy in that playoffs. I, I think so things, too. As a Nets things team. fell their way a little bit. You know, I don't know how they would have shaped up against um, other teams, but nonetheless, here we are. I was at, I, I was at the Grizzlies game at Barkley center where John Morant went off. KD still put up 26, but he shot awful. I think he legitimately shot like 30. I want to say like 34% from the field. It was bad. It was a healthy James Harden, a healthy KD. And there's two things that we learned that I learned from watching that game. One, the Grizzlies are a serious problem, but we just talked about that for the last five minutes. Two, more importantly, the team uh they got some depth because their their um bench players were able to get them back into that game, but it's because they were going up against other bench players and outperforming. The team has no depth, in my opinion. I mean, you got Patty Mills, but that's really about it. Blake Griffin looks like a shell of himself. Marcus Aldridge still got, like, the heart issue and, you know, things going on. But I, to me, if you take James Harden, because you, you, you're you not getting rid of KD, right? I think we can all agree on that. It's either Kyrie. Dumb, right? Yeah, it's either <laughs> Kyrie. It's either Kyrie or James Harden that's going to go. Now, whichever one it's going to be, I thought it was going to be Kyrie because of everything that was going on. I thought Kyrie was getting shipped somewhere down south where they don't care about the vaccination status and he could play home games and all that stuff. But I can't blame James Harden for being flustered. He's trying to get a ring. He's trying to compete. 
and it's just not looking like Brooklyn's going to pan out. But if you look at Philly, right, they've recently been talking about packaging Ben Simmons with – um. Oh my God, I just blanked. Uh, dude looks like J. Cole, man. God, some of the Harris. Thank you. Oh God, I just look like a rookie right there. Him and Tobias Harris, right? If you send that to Brooklyn, you, you got Ben Simmons running the point and he gives you defense. Then you got you pair him with Kyrie, and I think Kyrie's looking better as a two because he's a better scorer than he is a facilitator. And then you got KD, and then you even have Tobias Harris coming off the bench, you're adding some depth now. I mean, Tobias Harris is averaging about 18 points this season. He has a, he averages around 16 and change for his career. If you pair him with Patty Mills coming off that that uh, second unit, I mean, you're talking some serious depth now. You know, Patty Mills. Patty, Patty Mills is nice, bro. Dude, he's Patty Mills is one of the best. He's been nice. Patty Mills has been nice. He's one of the best bench players. For the last however many years, I mean, he's Five been Mister Reliable, yeah. been Mister Reliable down there in San Antonio. So I think that's a move that you actually have to strongly consider. I do like that, Maz. I think is that works for both teams, for uh, the Philly as well as the Nets, because the one thing the Nets are lacking is is defense and and having like a real play. I mean, yes, James Harden is a he can uh, be pass first at times, but it just comes more natural for Ben. And like you said, I think him with Mills in that second unit would be really special and give them depth. But I'm surprised you guys are giving James Harden a pass because he's not getting a pass from me tonight. You you guys you guys admitted it. We just finished saying he sabotaged the Rockets, forced his way, gained 20, however many pounds. You force your way to go to Brooklyn. You make your bed, you're going to lie in it. You know what I'm saying? You're playing. It's not like he's playing with bums. He's playing with KD. Yes, he's had some injuries. Kyrie Irving, you know the situation he's been a part of. But you knew this going into the season. You knew KD was having injury problems before this. You knew Kyrie uh, likes to be objective and is, is likes to be against the grain type of guy. You knew this could be a potential issue at the start. And you chose this team. You wanted to play with this team. So you're not getting a pass from me. I think if he... If he leaves Brooklyn, it would be one of the softest moves. I think it would be almost as worse as going with KD going to the Warriors. Don't you dare saying, go no, there. No, I'm not saying I'm not saying it would be worse, but I'm saying I think it could be compared to because look at look at all what he's doing. This man's making a whole storyline. He he keeps moving place to place. No, you you chose this, you sabotage the Rockets, you stick this one out. You don't get a pass for me. I'm gonna give him a pass because look what look what OKC did to him. They chose to stick with Serge Ibaka over him. All right, so they he didn't want to leave OKC. He well, was wanted to the Rockets, you know. But that's what I'm saying. So because of OKC, I'm giving him a pass for what happened with the Rockets and the Rockets. They tried making peace moves when they, the second they traded, uh, they got rid of Chris Paul and brought in Russell Westbrook. They instantly got worse. Russell Westbrook was quality at the time, but they really were built on spacing. They were going all in on the Warriors model and just going with the three and D that's why they had PJ Tucker playing at the five. That okay. might get a 20 system, right? Yeah. You know, and so he's kind of been wronged at every place where like he's went. I kind of feel like, you know, See, I, mean, I, have, to disagree. I have to disagree. Maybe him and CP didn't get along. Maybe that's why they, I mean, right. that's definitely had to play a part in it. Him and him and Dwight Howard didn't get along. So maybe James Harden might be the headache. Of, but here's the thing. The Nets are one of the worst defensive teams ever, possibly the worst, at, because they have so much firepower out of the three. That's what it makes up for. But now you, 
Kyrie Irving not only has an injury history, is also a headache. Correct me if I'm wrong, anybody. <laughs> nah, I'm out arguing that. Okay, KD has a little bit of an injury history and a little bit of an ego at times, you right. know. I And when things start falling apart, James Harden definitely got the ego, you know. I could definitely see that just being a toxic locker room and having to deal up with that. He's just like, dude, I, I'm wasting my career. I'm trying to play championship basketball. And Philly, it's not like I'm joining a super team. I'm I'd be go he'd be going to Philly, trading two of Phillies. Obviously, Joel's their top star. There's next second best pieces are Ben Simmons, even though he's not playing. And then obviously Seth Curry or Tobias Harris take your pick. But they're giving up two big pieces for James Harden in that trade. It's not like he's going to a super team here. He's going to help build them up and go compete with another star. So to me, it's different. I like James Harden, and I can't blame him for not wanting to be around the circus that is the Brooklyn Nets. I understand that, but like I said, he knew all of the potential of all of this from the beginning. He, he He's familiar with these two. He played with KD. And, and I, like I said, I'm not giving him a pass, even though I understand his OKC, OKC was cheap and didn't want to pay him immediately $4 million to keep him. I understand that. But look at what it, all he had on the Rockets. He had a 3-1 lead. They've gotten him a, 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 a sidekick. Every year he's been there, he had Capella. I understand Capella's not a crazy superstar, but he's a, a valuable center. He had Capella, he had Chris Paul. They brought him Russell Westbrook. Uh, I think Russell Westbrook was a better fit on the Rockets than what he is on the Lakers. Uh, but they, he's not like he hasn't had pieces around him. And for him to just bail out on the Rockets and now just bail out on the Nets, it's not even a major – they're not even having a major issues currently with the Nets. I think they're just starting to come together. I think he needs to stick it out and have to just, just ride the wave and go into the playoffs. Nah, dude. I, you don't I'm think a that's fan. Him? I'm you a, don't think that would be soft. No, I, I I think because Philly's more of a challenge. I think going to Brooklyn was soft. You know, I, I, think I don't Philly's, think he chose to go to Brooklyn. Well, you know what I mean. He was yeah, trying to get out of there. Come on, dude. You don't think he definitely put in their ear like, yo, like I, I'd he, go he to put Brooklyn. in their ear Brooklyn or Philly. He didn't care. Yeah, I, he just wanted to get out, but but I, I don't think if he. What do you think's more soft, man? I definitely – I have to agree with you on that. I think Brooklyn is the softer choice because you already have two established stars there. I mean, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid were established stars when he was going to Philly. But I don't think they're in the same stratosphere as KD and Kyrie Irving. For sure. I mean, JoJo's getting up there right now. Yeah, for sure Embiid's up. getting up there. You know, but Embiid's that, been, a top, yeah. been a top three big man in the game regardless for the last couple of years, you know, he might've slipped to that four spot when AD is healthy, but right now he's the third best big man in the NBA. There's some people that prefer Joel Embiid. I mean, there's a certain uh, host that we know on a certain show that we love bringing up here, but I ain't catching them fine. So I'm not going there. (laughs) You know, Um, he said that he'd rather have Joel Embiid and quite frankly, uh, over Jokic. And that's a debate. I, I like, I prefer Jokic. I, I like I like JoJo better than Jokic. Just that'll be something we'll talk about next time. We when we have Jay, we have a split panel on this. Yeah, but I want to say one yeah, thing that, before we move on. I, I want to say if, if he does end up moving to Philly, I will look. I will look at James Harden differently because everywhere he's been, there's been locker room issues. There's been on the court issues. He's he's failed to put them over the top, and he's bailed on them. I mean, just look at his resume. What, Fact. You cannot blame him for the locker room issues that happened in Brooklyn. I'm with you on the ones in Houston. The rock, yes, that's cannot all blame him for the can't blame him for the one in Brooklyn. I get what you're saying, but right. because if it's a harder challenge, I got no problem with it. Yeah. So with the Nets, 
now sort of in a little bit of a downward spiral with the KD injury. The Eastern Conference is wide open. We, we were talking about it earlier. We like the Bulls. I mean, the, the Nets are still up there, I, I'd have to say. But Bucks, I think you, you got to mention Miami, of course. They're the two seed right now. Phillies, 8-2 and two in their last 10. Cleveland with all that young talent. The Eastern Conference is wide open for grabs. And I just want to see what you guys think and who do you think is going to be the most prominent team to come out of the East this year. Well, um, I guess I'll start off. Um, I, You know who I like? I, the Bulls are a nice young ascending team, but I think the lack of experience is gonna uh, is gonna prevent them from advancing far. When I mean if you far, take I mean, my take right now, I'm gonna be so tight right now. It probably we, we do think alike. I'm not gonna lie. You probably, it's probably if you take my take right now, I'm yeah. gonna be so mad, like, bro. Go ahead. I like the Bucks. I like the Bucks. I really okay, do. No, okay, no. Okay, no. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna go with the Bucks. So like you said, the Nets are dealing with a whole bunch of uh, issues. Kyrie, we know he's been out of the lineup, in and out of the lineup. KD having slight injury problems. James Harden doesn't seem to be quite happy. So we know the Nets are having some issues, and they haven't played much as a big three on the court at the same time. Like I just mentioned, the Bulls are a young ascending team, but they lack playoff experience. And then other than those two teams, I don't really – I'm not worried about Philly. I don't think they have enough star talent to compete with Milwaukee. I think Milwaukee is the most balanced team in the conference. They can shoot the three. They have defensive players. They have, they, they love each other. They, we see them wrestle in pregame. How many times do we see them wrestling and play fighting before pregames? So the team chemistry is definitely there. They have their, their experienced players, Giannis and Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday should have uh, a, a new level of confidence coming off that championship run. Now, whether you want to say that run – what was uh should be is a little overvalued or not? That's not really the topic. I mean, they still ended up winning it, so I'm gonna go with the Bucks. I'm, I just don't see the um, Charlotte is the seventh seed. They're not gonna do anything. Um, uh, uh, 76 as I said, I'm not worried about them. They're not deep enough. Cleveland is young and upcoming, but I'm not worried about them. Now the Heat, I'm a little worried about the Heat if I'm Milwaukee because we've seen what they can do to them. We've seen what the what Miami has done to them. So I think the only team that's gonna really get in their way. Uh, is my I think Miami might have a better chance than Brooklyn. Uh, I'm gonna tell you right now. Um, I was afraid of you stealing my take with Miami. I think Miami's the move here. You, you said the uh, veteran experience, and I got nervous. I, I think Eric Spolstra is a top two. Say it right now, top two coach in the NBA. I love Spo, bro. He he's just I makes it work the way that he got LeBron and. D Wade and, and Bosch to all mix together was really good to see. He's a quality coach. He's been winning with Jimmy Butler, who's a dog. I love Jimmy, but I can name some players that are better than Jimmy. I, if I, we're talking about starting teams, if he was a little younger, Jimmy's up there for me. I absolutely love the guy, but it's been Jimmy and Bam out of bio for a minute. And Bam's been really young and they still find ways to win. And now Kyle Lowry has not been great, but he brings that veteran presence to him. Tyler Hero having the resurgence um, that we know he's been capable of. And now they're talking about moving Duncan Robinson. If they, that's a shooter who adds value to a team because three-point shooting is really highly valued right now. If they can find a piece to bring in there and gel with them, I mean, I'm already afraid of them right now, especially with Lonzo going down, the way that the Bucs have been, you know, historically against them. I don't know, man. I think Miami might take it. Yeah, just the teams I'm sort of looking at right now in the Eastern Conference. I mean, the main hitters are still there. I, I still love Chicago right now. But as Matt hinted to earlier in the podcast, 
DeMar DeRozan for number one seed led teams generally don't really pan out in the playoffs right now. So I, I do like Miami, like you said, Maz. I do like Milwaukee, like you said, Matt. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go the Sixers. I want to take a different route than you two. I Six like how five. the way Embiid's playing. Embiid's playing great basketball. Now I, I wouldn't say it's you know what I, I will say it's the best basketball he's played in his life. It's probably his his career year so far. He's averaging 28 points per game, 10.6 rebounds, four assists to add on it with a steal and a block per game. So he's playing phenomenal. And then Tobias Harris, of course. We were talking about maybe him getting shipped off for James Harden, Maxi, Seth Curry, all great players who sort of built the mold right now in Philly. They they got off to a little bit of a, sol- a slow start this season, but you know what? It's better late, better late than never, as I say. I like this Philadelphia Sixers team. A lot of teams in the Eastern Conference that we said earlier are slumping right now. I could definitely see the Sixers sliding up into a top three seed come the end of February, more than likely. I'm going to ask you guys this. If Let's just say, hypothetically speaking, Ben Simmons comes back to Philly and he plays. What do you think Philly's ceiling is if Ben Simmons comes back? I thought to end. Eastern Conference. I, I still think top three seed probably. And, yeah, maybe like Eastern Conference finals. But I'm, I'm talking about them as an up-and-coming team still. I think the move is to get Ben Simmons out of there. I, I just think the damage is unrepairable. Yeah, it, it's yep. it's too far, man. And I don't think him coming back is good. I think they need to move him before the uh, February 13th trade deadline, I believe it is. Um, February 10th. February, February 10th. 10th, my bad. That, I that'll bring you the next story the, after this. After the thir- I'm pretty sure the February 13th is – pretty sure that's the Super Bowl. I could be wrong on that. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, February 10th trade deadline. I'm looking to move Ben Simmons. And we saw them shut down some trades earlier, but they got to get him out of there. If he was there, I mean, I think it's an Eastern Conference. I think the ceiling is an Eastern Conference Finals and and losing. You think they'd be better than Chicago if they had been? Debatable. I think they could be better than Miami. Um, Just looking at, like, the matchups with it. No, I still like Chicago over them. If James Harden goes there, completely different story. Now we're talking. That's some serious firepower right there. All right, yeah, so, Maz, you brought up the February 10th trade deadline, which brings me into my last story of the night. Trade deadline, February 10th, a lot of potential deals going on. What are your big potential trades that could happen before the deadline? I'll start with Matt on this one. Well, I already threw out that uh, that Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart trade for Damian Lillard, but I, I don't know how the, the, the money works in that situation. I, I don't know what, what trades I would do. I'm, I'm trying to think of a trade I would I would want for the Lakers, but I don't know who would want that Russell Westbrook contract. And, and what does he add to you? Like, does he put this Russell Westbrook, put a team over the top at this stage in his career? Because I don't think so. I I, I think I don't think much is going to change uh, in the situation. I, I think Maz brought up a good point that I think Miami is one piece away from actually becoming like a, they're already a contender, I would say, but be actually like a, a top two or three contender, in my opinion. I think they are one uh, player away. Uh, maybe they could try and get – I'm trying to think. Maybe – I don't even know who would you give up because they just got the Kyle Lowry. He's playing – actually, he's averaging 13-8. and eight. And Kyle Lowry has actually been an underrated playmaker uh, for the Miami Heat. He's very underrated in that He's been department. shooting awful, though. He's been – yeah, I, I do see that. I'm looking at his stats right now. Uh, but I, I do like Kyle Lowry. He, he brings veteran experience. So I, I don't really have any trades in mind at the moment. 
I think things. I don't think much is going to change uh, by the deadline. Maz, yeah. do you agree with that statement? Um, I don't know about for the Lakers trading at the deadline, but as we know, um, this could be one of the most exciting times in sports. We all know the most exciting time in any when it comes to like players moving around. NBA free agency, absolutely the pinnacle of pay of people paying attention. Correct me if I'm wrong there. It's the no, most exciting right. time that, of the That year. first week of July is always it's it's the most exciting time. time. You're on Twitter 24-7, you know. But you it's know, also the same time. Woj hitting it up and stuff. I, I mean, listen. But the trade deadline, I mean, people, like, teams have been known to start, like, hey, we're going to take a push here. We're, let's just make a move. Let's see what happens. I love the NBA because players move around so often. You know, I'm not a big right. fan of guys linking up. Um like they like LeBron and Bosch and that, but I do. I, I would like it if it would be like more like duos, like yo, I'm a big star, I'm gonna go link up with this big star to go get it done. Not hey, let's build a super team. Super with team it. Right. I'm, I'm a big fan of like you know, two high level players coming together and trying to get it like done. the Warriors pre KD. Yeah, I love that. That was yeah. awesome. You know, when KD came down, I was like, ah, oh, man, like they, this is overkill now. And then even yeah. though he was injured, you add in Boogie Cousins too. I know Boogie didn't end – I don't think Boogie ended up getting a chip. But, I mean, I was looking at that. I was like, yo, him too? Like what? But for me, I am I got my eyes on Indiana. And it might sound a little weird, but they've expressed interest in moving Karis LeVert and Miles Turner. And I think those are two players that contribute to championship basketball that could contribute to championship basketball. I mean, Miles Turner is is a defensive juggernaut and has just been solid all around. And I think any team would love to have him that's missing that interior presence. I think Boston would have been loving to uh, have a, a Miles Turner if they could get their hands on him. Karis LeVert, I, we already know the kid's an, an up and coming talent. He had a little health scare, but he's still a quality player. Indiana's looking to blow it up. I think everybody's going to be monitoring monitoring that situation. Depending on where those guys could end up, that could change the projections that we've been talking about here tonight. That could take a team from middle of the pack to serious contender. You know what? I do have a trade in mind. I do. I just thought All right, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll let Matt say first. Okay, okay. Um, real quick, I was going to say, I think it's time for the Mavericks to head in a different direction from Chris Dabbs. I yeah, think yeah, I'm with you. I, 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 I don't trade that. I think you trade him now while his uh, his his uh, his value is increased because he's been when he was healthy this season he was playing some of the best basketball he's played since his time. In he's glass. He's he glass. Is glass. So I, I think you have to move away from him. I'm looking at Portland. Uh, I I've been saying for like the last two years. I think it's time to break that deal up. Maybe if you could try and get a Ben Simmons for CJ McCollum uh, and maybe like a pick, maybe like a bench player, maybe uh, pair, compare uh, pair him up with Norman Powell in the deal and try and get and try and get Ben Simmons. Uh, but besides that, I don't I don't see much changing. I definitely want to see Dame out of Portland. I mean, I've always been a big Dame's one of my favorite players in the league. Ever since he was in a second year, after that that shot that he made against the Rockets to take him out of the first round, that's when I fell in love with Damian Lillard. And he's my been my best my favorite player in the league for all since since his rookie year. But I have to admit he needs to leave Portland. It's just he needs to make a career move, he has to get out. Whether that be the Boston, like Matt said earlier, I mean, Philly's definitely a team that could be on the radar. I definitely like maybe Clippers, maybe. Don't say that. Please don't say don't that. Cur- don't Stop curse it. it. We don't want Damian Lillard to be cursed. It. 
Dude, if, if he ends – I mean, listen, if they had Damian Lillard, Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard, obviously I think you'd have to give up Reggie Jackson yeah, in that deal. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't even want to turn on the NBA. If they're all healthy, I mean, forget about it. Yeah, but we said that about the Nets when they got KD, Kyrie, and Arden. You never but know, the difference is, is that you have two lockdown defenders. They play right. defense, and you got three killer scorers and two exactly. clutch players. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, George ain't clutch, but the other two are clutch as it comes. You know, yeah, I mean, Damian Lillard is definitely the number one player I want to get shipped off and to one of those three teams, Philly, Boston. Or Clippers. As a Nets fan, I don't want to go to Philly or Boston because, you know, they're our rivals. But I want to see James Harden dip. Another player I've been hearing about maybe getting shipped off, shipped off, and I don't know why they would even consider it, is De'Aaron Fox. Yo. Why would I, Sacramento even yeah, think about moving him? I don't know, but I've been hearing trade talks for him. I think Sacramento's looking to make another rebuild. What what spots for De'Aaron Fox maybe? I don't Miami, you, you think, right? That's how you know you're just a, that's how you know you're a poor run organization. How are you gonna re how are you gonna blow up a rebuild and rebuild again? <laughs> yeah. <you're only> <laughs> Give up De'Aaron Fox. Yo, they were talking about Ben Simmons for that. Ben but. Simmons, Tobias Harris, De'Aaron Fox. We saw that on Twitter yesterday, Maz. Oh, that's another one. I mean, they declined that one, right? Yeah, they declined it too, dude. That's what the second trade. What? The, that is the second trade that Phillies declined. That I'm just like, what? Even the Jeremy Grant one. With the Pistons, I'm still – what are they – like, me. I don't know what is going on. I mean, Daryl Morey clearly is, you know, locked in, and he has a certain price that needs to be matched for Ben Simmons. I think it's a little unreal, unrealistic, but either one of those trades, if I was the 76ers, I could not shake the uh, other organization's hands fast enough, either one of those trades that game. I would have took the shot and put Jeremy Grant with – um. Joel Embiid, De'Aaron Fox, I'm sold all day. De'Aaron Fox is is a great point guard. He's almost elite. You know, we just don't talk about him because he's playing in in Sacramento. He comes to Philly, kid's going to be a star if it happened, but I don't know what I love you enough. He's so underrated, man. So underrated. He's so quick. Best first step in basketball, I think. Am I I wrong with that statement? He he has the best first step in basketball. He's so quick winning. Yeah, Ooh, yeah, Jaw, right. Jaw. yeah, Him or Ja, dude, can't go wrong. He might, I mean, he might be faster than Ja. He's not more explosive, dude. Am I crazy in saying that? Like, they kind of remind me of like new age John Wall and Russell Westbrooks. And Derek, yeah. you forget Derek Rose. I think Ja's closer to oh, D Rose. You think John Wall might get shipped at the trade deadline? I was, just, dude. That's a big contract, say, dude. Was, Anthony, I was just where's he about gonna go? Where's he? I've heard rumors about Wall. I was gonna ask about your opinions on uh, where you think he should go if he if he gets is traded. Is he gonna be back think, this season? You think he has value still? I said, is he gonna be back this season at all? I believe I, so. I yeah, know. I believe you so. They say he's. Been I back? thought he was just sitting out. I, I don't think he was he's injured. Actually, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I believe he's on his way. He to wasn't great. Season. He wasn't great last season. He didn't play that well. He had a, probably one of the worst years of his career last year. But I, I don't know. You, you get he's him on just, a team with some shooters. I think he'll be. You know, well, here's the, the problem the trade that they're talking about. We've been talking about the purple and gold all night. They're talking about Russell Westbrook for John Wall, and you know what? That's I'm stupid. about it. Come I'm about on, it. Man. I don't I care at this point. Just keep if it's straight up, if the deal's straight up, I don't care. Keep it moving. I don't anything. I, I don't I care, do. dude. I have, I have to agree with man. I think John Wall would be a slight better fit. Uh, on the Lakers than Russell Westbrook. It's pretty much the same package, though. You're not improving that much. 
But do you do you still believe that John Wall can be a starting caliber point guard? I don't know. Yes, I, I have no so. clue. Yeah, I, I don't think you give him as many minutes. I think you, you lower his minutes a little bit. Maybe instead of forty, you give him like thirty-four. No, he can't. Play. I'd like to see him on Boston. Boston. I'd like to see him on Boston. Boston needs a point guard. Like as Maz mentioned, man, we we we. But you're not giving Jalen Brown for him. No. Oh no, absolutely not, Rob. We would just probably give. Yeah, him I'm not even giving up Marcus Smart yeah, for John Wall, dude. You, you, yeah. you'll, you'll, if you get him, if you get him, you have to give up something, something. But I, I don't. Would I? Would I give up John Wall? I mean, Marcus Smart for uh, John Wall. Maybe just because of the playmaking ability, and I think sometimes Marcus Smart gets in the way of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown sometimes on the offensive end. Maybe but he's, he's been leading the second unit when it brings down the defense when they really need it, though. So debatable. Right, he is, it is debatable. No, one hundred percent, one hundred percent, fellas. Before we end this, I want to know because you know we've been we've been kind of hi- like harping on uh Westbrook a little bit, a lot of bit, and it's been a lot of <laughs> negative. <laughs> Is there anywhere that you guys can see him fitting in in the NBA at this point? He needs point? a place with good shooters. That's it. And right now, all the teams with good shooters have good point guards. You know? So I, I really don't see a team right now at the moment. I think you just got to ship him off to a team that's not that great and just let him be the guy that's going to sell tickets. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to lie. Wherever he goes, I think their ceiling is the second round because he has just too many flaws in his game. He's not clutch, turns the ball over, turns the ball. As Maz mentioned, he makes the worst mistakes in the most critical moments. He's not, as you guys said, he's not a great leader. So he's not a great leader. He can't shoot. He uh he he is um he he doesn't really he hasn't done much in the playoffs when KD left. And when KD was there, they couldn't even give up a get over the hump. They blew a 3-1 lead. And and he's older now. And Russell Westbrook is the only player that I can think of in the history. I've been watching basketball. For over a decade, he's the only player I've seen get worse at shooting as their career progressed. I mean, look at Jason Kidd. Even look at Rondo. You can talk about Rondo being wild. He shot forty percent for the last year. <laughs> I won't consider him a superstar yet. Not yet. He he hasn't hit that mark yet. I think he's a solid All Star. But as far as superstar, I, he's the only like All Star caliber player that I've seen get worse at shooting. Ben Simmons has never been able to shoot. He came into the league like that. Russell Westbrook and OKC had some semblance of a jump shot. He had a mid-range pull-up. He was he was never a good three-point shooter, but he was all right. Like it was decent. I mean, you had to respect it at least. So I, I just don't I don't know what his value is at, at this time. I I think I might take John over him, uh, like Matt said. Call all me right. crazy. I want to see a trade with the Knicks and Lakers, and I want Kemba to come to the Lakers. I, you said that. Now you was <laughs> I, I don't agree with it. I want it to happen, dude. I mean, listen, you I think it can anybody. work for both teams. <laughs> Dude, I love I like Westbrook too. That's the worst part. That's the worst part. Like I got on here and I said it's gonna work. I think it's gonna work. Really think it's gonna work. But I've accepted right now that it's not working. He's not the main problem, but nobody else has value. He's the only person that should be that I'm willing to trade that has value. You know, only two untouchables. And AD's really starting to piss me off. So he might end up touchables if he keeps it up. But LeBron and AD are the only ones I'm not willing to trade. Westbrook, I think, is the only one on this team that has value for an impact player. I think Melo has value still. But I, I was about to say that. I was about to say, do you think they could package Melo and Westbrook and get something possibly? Um, it's really that contract. But... Would, I don't know who would want to take that on because I think I think both can contribute to winning basketball, especially Melo. The team's looking for a six man, you know, kind of in that like Andre Iguodala type role. 
with like the Warriors, but not playing defense just as an offensive boost instead of a defensive boost. Um, Westbrook, it would have to be a team who's looking for another ball handler, and I, it might have to be a second unit at this point. He could work. I, I thought he was doing fine with Bradley Beal, you know, but the Wizards weren't doing much. I don't know. I, I've, I've mentioned Philly at times, but I don't even think him and Embiid, they got the history. I don't know if that would work. Maybe, dare I say, Minnesota. But I don't nah, even know. Uh, I, I don't even do know who you would I trade. Yeah. You know? I mean, like, listen, right? You got you got Anthony Edwards, right? You, you got Cat, and then you got Russ facilitating. I mean, I don't hate it. Cat's probably the best shooter in terms of centers. And then Edwards is a scoring monster. I think Westbrook could have value there. I don't think that's. I don't. I don't hate the take. I don't hate the take. No, no. I would like to. I just want to see Westbrook but, right off into the sunset. Go help out another team. I wish, I wish you nothing but the best. Get Thank you for coming to the experiment, the circus that is LA. And I'm sorry that it didn't work out. I'm very sorry it didn't work out, but. All right, so I think that's all we have for you guys today. Great show. Jay, MIA today, but we did, we did what we could without him. Big uh, Jay we'll, is we'll MIA. We'll see, it, we'll see him on Tuesday when we record again, but th- we split up these two shows this week, one, one football, one basketball, maybe something we'll look to do in the future. Uh, we're we're going to do our, our divisional round recaps on Tuesday and our conference predictions. That shouldn't take as long, so – Hey, but find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, YouTube as well. Uh, Any other last remarks from you guys? Yeah, just honestly let us know. We've been talking about doing the two shows, splitting up into basketball and football instead of just a two-hour show for a while. Let us know what you think. We're just experimenting with it, seeing if it works with like the schedule. Nonetheless, you're getting your hour, at at least an hour of basketball, at least an hour of the NFL when they're in season. But you know what it is. JJL Sports Podcast. Matt, anything you want to add? No, I'm good, man. Good show, man. I'm interested to see what's going on with the, the future of the NBA, especially going into the uh, All-Star break and towards the playoffs. NFL, like you mentioned, we got the, uh, the divisional round. We get we already given our, our predictions in the last episode, so if you haven't seen that, please go watch that. But like you said, good show, guys. Good stuff. Hey, once again, I'm your interim host for the night, Brandon Mazmarazzo. Joined by Anthony A.C. Cafone and Matt Thornton, we are the JJL Sports Podcast. Have a good night.